Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Sill, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Thanks to Brian McCormick, the play-by-play voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. The Silver Knights start their preseason schedule on Friday against Tucson. They leave tomorrow. Uh, I knew they were leaving tomorrow. I just thought they played in the same day, but uh, because of the National Hockey League, I'm glad that Brian corrected me on that. So that uh, started us off. Then we were in the Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton uh, before we uh, wrapped up uh, our number one with uh, Nick Raboni from the UNLV Rebels men's hockey team. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Our number two slides into uh, Aiden Hill of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, fresh off that 50-save performance in the preseason last night and the win. Uh, thanks for joining us, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm uh, just more of a, like a in-the-back-of-my-mind question, but this is early in the season. You haven't started the, the regular schedule yet. You go through a, a experience like that last night. What's your body like the next day? Um... I mean, felt a little tight this morning for sure. Uh, just more tired than anything, honestly. But uh, got back out there, and uh, we had a little workout in practice today. And, yeah, I feel fine now. You must be wondering what's going on at T-Mobile because you face a lot of uh, action in the two starts there. Uh, yeah, I know it's been fun. We have guys in and out of the lineup learning a new system. And, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been good. I'm excited to be here. 50 saves, including a bunch in that second period. It's Aiden Hill in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of where I want to start. Like, What is going through your mind in the second period where you faced 28 Arizona Coyote shots over a 20-minute span? Like, how do, you, how, how do you deal with that in the moment and stay present? Um, I mean, it's just that, right? You just got to stay present. It's the next shot. It's the next pass, whatever, making sure you're following it, staying sharp. So I felt like I uh, felt like I almost had to do too much at a certain point where that's when I made that one mistake playing the puck, which led to a goal. But uh, other than that, I felt like I did a good job calming myself down after that. But it's just kind of, you're not really thinking about how many shots you've had. It's more just the next shot, right? Uh, I'm, that, that play, I get it. Uh, not that I've experienced what you did, but everything's going great for you. You, you feel like you can almost do anything, and it's going to turn out right. Is that <laughs> what goes through the body and the mind when when you're in that situation? Because you were staring everything down. Uh, yeah, no, I felt like uh, I was seeing the puck very well yesterday. I felt like I don't know. There wasn't really a straight shot until that third one there at the end that beat me. So it was I don't know, feeling good about your game and. Yeah, I guess uh, I just felt like I almost had to do a little too much there at the one moment. But, no, it was a fun experience, and, uh, yeah, I'm happy we could get the win. Did you want to play last night? Was that was that part of the uh, the the rationale to get right back in there? Um, I didn't actually get asked. I got told, but I would have loved <laughs> to play. Like, I, I, I get know, that I, a lot too, buddy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best way to do it, though, for sure, is you have that kind of rough performance uh, is just to get right back out there, like, nice when you have a back-to-back games during the season, right? When you get that loss the first night, you can just get out there right away. 
Kind of correct what you did wrong the previous night. Chatting with Aiden Hill on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. How, how do you feel the, the, the camp has kind of progressed for you? How are you feeling in, just in terms of comfortability with your game and, and also in a, a new system with a new team? Yeah, no, I mean, Bruce has came in here, and I think he's done a really good job implementing kind of a defense-first mentality into our system. Uh, I feel like the D-zone feels very strong, and I've enjoyed it. The guys have been really friendly, really uh, nice to me, so gone out golfing a few times with some different guys and kind of hung out away from the rink a little, but no, it's been uh, great. Uh, been very easy to adapt. Where have you played? For me? Where have you played? Where have you teed it up? Uh, I've, in Vegas, I've actually only played Bears best. I guess a lot of the places here are uh, reseeding and stuff yes. right now, so I'm looking forward to getting out to uh, TPC Las Vegas when it's fully open again. What's your handicap? Uh, right now I'm at a 9. So I started the summer at like a 15, so I'm what? getting better. I'm on my way. You yeah. knocked it down 6 in one summer? Yeah. yeah, I played a lot this summer, though. What's the secret? Oh, I remember because you were you found out about the trade when you were playing golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was on the eighth hole at uh, my course. Wow, uh, what have you uh, worked into your game when you're going through this transition to a new team? Uh, players we talk about uh, whether they've uh, changed the sick lie or they worked on their their skating or conditioning. Uh, what about a goaltender? Um, I don't think when you go team to team, really as a goalie, you got to change your game much. The only main aspects might be just being aware of what a weakness of your defensive zone might be or different teams have different play calls when a goalie is playing the puck. So I know that's been very different to the three teams I've been on. Mm-hmm. But other than that, as a goalie, I mean, at the end of the day, your job is to stop the puck, right? It's not like I'm going to not butterfly in a certain play. I would have butterflied while I was with my last team. Right. Uh, they used to tell me just stay in the net. That was the role that they would yell at me. Uh, it's Aiden Hill with us on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Aiden, uh, Darren alluded to it. Like you've, you've faced a lot of shots so far in this preseason, but I want to talk about another marathon uh, event that you were a part of, and that was a 14-round shootout earlier on in preseason. Uh, you ended it emphatically with a, with kind of a, a diving two-pad stack poke check. What, why did you go to that move in that instance to kind of seal the deal in dramatic fashion? Uh, I don't know. I was a little shocked when I heard we actually had to do a shootout. I wasn't aware of that. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we gave up that goal in overtime on the penalty kill there, and I was like, okay, time to get off the ice, right? And then the refs were like, oh, no, shootout. So, I mean, a shootout, I've never been a part of a shootout that long. And I think uh, there was two or three times where I had a chance to make a save for the win to stop it, and I uh, didn't. So the last one, I guess, was just kind of uh, a little bit of frustration, and I thought I'd give it a try, and it worked out. Are goalies allowed to say that they like the shootout? Uh, players either do or they don't, but some guys really relish it. Uh, what about you? Uh, I actually have, throughout my career, I actually like shootouts. I feel like I'm confident in them, and I I, don't know, I enjoy the challenge. I try and take every morning skate a few breakaways at the end of practice just to kind of get that battle compete mode going. And, yeah, no, I actually like shootouts. I always feel confident, like uh, give my team a good chance to win in them. That's funny. I noticed that yesterday that you lined up for a bunch of breakaways. Yeah, yeah. At the end of every morning skate, I try and face uh, anywhere from 5 to 10. Just, I feel like it brings out that compete level to get it ready for the night. Uh, what 
Petro hasn't come down and taken one of those clappers on you, though, has he? <laughs> no, no, that was a nice shot. Holy, is that hard to to read as a goalie? I'm I'm asking because I I really have no clue. I mean, when a guy comes in and winds up like that, it's you're thinking one or two things. He's just going to rip it, or he's going to fake the slap shot, right? So sometimes, if you are kind of thinking, you might just fake the slap shot. If he does actually hit it, it might catch you a little off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden Hill chatting with us, Fox Sports Las Vegas on the VGK Insider Show. You know, Aiden, I, we found out over the summer that, that you've actually known Logan Thompson for quite some time. What, what's kind of been the the um, internal competition between the two of you so far in this training camp, and, and how are you kind of boosting each other up as you go about this? Yeah, no, I think it's been good. Uh, right when I came to uh, Vegas, actually, Logan gave me a ride right away, and uh, I was going to tour an apartment, and he actually lives at the same place, so he uh, gave me a ride there, and he's been very welcoming, and gone out for dinner a couple times, but no, it's uh, it's good. When you get on the ice, you get in little battle drills in practice. You're trying to out-compete one another, but then after each of us play a game, we're there for each other, and on the guy, whether he had a good game or talking about a certain situation, it's been very good. It's a good, healthy competition. Aiden was the goaltender in that spectacular second period last night in which he held the Golden Knights in it and went into the third period tied at two. We know there was a, a meeting with the players and the coaches uh, in between the second and third. You must love it just sitting there going, hey, hey you guys better listen to him because I've done my part. <laughs> I don't know, I was a little... I was listening along for the ride too, but uh, yeah, no, it was just kind of saying to play like uh, we're desperate, right? You can't uh, kind of ease your way into games, and I feel like we may have done that a couple times this preseason, but it is preseason, and those are the kinks you got to work out. What's Sean Burke like to work with, and how extensive is your past with him? Uh, I've only like kind of ran into him a few times, whether it be at a hockey Canada camp and. Met him in uh, Portland a few times, but he has, I don't know, I think he's great. I've done some video with him, and I think we're going to do some more tomorrow. But uh, the points that he's brought up to me and when he's talked about my game and where he can see it going, I fully agree with. And, uh, yeah, I know it makes me excited to work with him for the full season. What type of things, without giving away world secrets? <laughs> yeah, well, for example, between like you and just that, uh, game I played against San Jose to last night against Arizona was just trying to narrow up my stance a bit more, try and play a little more confident because that's when I feel like I do play my best is just kind of being big in the net, be confident, talking with my D-man. And, yeah, no, I felt like we just implemented a couple little things into practice for a couple days, and I felt like it helped me a lot. So I, feel, I still feel like there is more uh, room to improve, sorry. And, yeah, just keep working towards that. That seems like a big shift if a goalie narrows up a stance. Easy to do, one game to the next? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to work on it for a couple of years. It's kind of hard to implement because when players get in tight, you're thinking go down, so then your feet just yeah. kind of naturally widen out. So, But when your feet are tighter together, I feel like you can move more freely in the net. And I also feel like you're more patient on the shot and the release of the puck. Boy, it, uh, it's the way the game's going, isn't it? Uh, Aiden Hill's with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan. Hey, Aiden, do you do you consider yourself superstitious? Uh, some goaltenders are, are a little bit more superstitious than others, and if you are, what's what's one of those pregame superstitions you always have to do? 
Uh, I wouldn't call myself superstitious, but I would say I have a routine. That's fair. It's not, I don't know, it's not anything that, like, I have to do. Like, I don't need to do anything. The one thing that I don't do that most NHL does is I don't nap on game days. Really? What? So that'd be, yeah, that'd be the one thing, I guess, for me, because I find if I, if I take a nap, I'm just groggy the rest of the day. I can't wake back up. <laughs> Must take forever for the game to get there. Like, <laughs> napping is just filling time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I keep myself busy, do some stretching, a little bit of yoga and stuff. And yeah, no, I I like team days. Well, I'm going to nap for you. That's it. Sounds uh, good. You can double your time then. <laughs> exactly, uh, Aiden. Uh, congratulations on last night. That was a heck of a bounce back. I loved the uh, the focus. Uh, you were in it from the very start, battling through those pucks in the first period. Uh, congratulations, and I can't wait to watch this unfold uh, and this journey that we're on this year. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's Aiden Hill of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you make 50 saves, you come on this show. I, like, I feel bad for, for people when they, when they make 35 saves, 42 mm-hmm. saves. They can't come on the yeah. show. You've got to make 50 to make it on the VGK Insider Show. Yeah, well, Aiden Hill, first uh, 50 save performer on the VGK Insider Show. We'll uh, we'll have to see kind of how the season progresses because I'd, I'd love to talk to goalies a little bit more often than that. So, And I don't expect the Golden Knights are going to be giving up 50, 50-plus shots too often this season. No. Uh, on the narrowing of the stance, it's uh, it's a trend that the game is going. Guys used to be really their, their feet out wide, uh, but you'd be mm-hmm. locked in and you couldn't go laterally uh, as nearly as effectively uh, that's one thing logan thompson does really well is is move laterally you've been a big fan of that from the from the get-go uh so when you're narrowing up the stance it also makes you taller now he's already six six uh it makes him look even bigger uh in there from a vertical standpoint so it, that's uh that's part of it uh keeps you on your feet which is a big part of uh, today's game and it uh, helps your mobility and we saw some of that last night uh really good uh, in being able to move that torso around the net and stay square to the puck uh, i was i was impressed and and i mentioned the the shots early on he dealt with a lot of traffic and had to react to some tip shots in, in the first six, seven minutes, Ryan. And yeah. some of that is you're in the right position. Some of that you have to make a reactionary save to. But I think there's a little bit of, okay, this is going right. I can get some confidence here. And, and he expanded on that. Yeah, I, again, I you know, early on in the game, there were, you know, four, five, six really good opportunities for the Arizona Coyotes. There were some uh, one-time rips from Shane Gostisbehere that Aiden Hill was there for and just kind of gobbled up. And, you know, he, he was battling through uh, just having a strong start to that game. And, you know, while the Golden Knights were not were not as as hemmed in in the first period there were stretches where Arizona was living in the Golden Knights zone and Aiden Hill had the answer every single time so um you know i i i always wonder in terms of kind of those 28 those those marathon periods where you're just under siege how you how you're able to to kind of weather that storm and i think the biggest thing for me is you know aiden talks about that that mistake that he makes the the game tying goal there in the in the second period and it could have gone the other way but he very much the calming presence for the golden knights from that point forward and he was excellent the rest of the game how about being challenged as an athlete you go back out there and you're gonna play uh and You've got that uh, that pressure on you a little bit, 
and you answer that challenge. It, it, it can work both ways, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. can be challenged. You can get upset in life or uh, this show or Aiden Hill. Somebody mm-hmm. puts you on the spot. They push you a little bit. You can be uh, upset. You can you can bow to the pressure, or you just stick it to the man, which is the game, and that's what he did. He stuck it to the game last night uh, off of uh, off of Friday night, and it ends up being in playing that all that uh, pressure packed second period in particular. That ends up being the best thing for him, even though it's not the way anybody would draw it up by any means. But having uh, 30 shots fired at you, basically, uh, last mm-hmm. night is is huge for a goaltender and somebody of his position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that challenge is a, is a good word, but I, I also think it's, if I were, you know, in that spot, I, I view it as a confidence builder, right? Like, you, you are getting an opportunity to go out and and write a performance that you know arguably wasn't your best but the team in front of you wasn't particularly strong either and and I, I view that as an opportunity to put your best foot forward I think it's it's your coaching staff giving you an opportunity to go out there and show us who you really are and you know I I look at that as as just a, a another way to kind of get and gain a little bit of comfortability and confidence and I, I love the decision from the Golden Knights coaching staff to put Aiden Hill right back in the saddle because I think that's exactly what he needed the the rest of this camp was to go out, out there and have a win that is largely the result of him playing the game incredibly well, and that's what he did. I wouldn't be mentally strong enough to, to be able to handle that. I'd be, woe is me, I'm, uh, I'm under siege here in the second period. Uh, this this could turn uh, badly, but he... He was able to channel that in the right direction, mm-hmm. even going into the third period, tie game. Even in the late moments of the game, when Arizona evens it out, they come back and they, they're able to record the victory. That was uh, It was a big night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and one that, uh, that earns them a victory, second of the preseason, and now they turn around and they get to go to Salt Lake City tomorrow uh, against the Los Angeles Kings before wrapping up the exhibition schedule on Saturday in Boise, Idaho. Uh, our head coach, uh, Bruce Cassidy, was able to uh, uh, join us after practice today. There's a couple of things that, that, that jumped out in this conversation with Bruce, and he was, he was with us uh, uh, for a while uh, following practice. One thing he did state was, you're going to see a more veteran lineup tomorrow night than you've probably seen throughout this preseason. More, you'll see more of our lineup uh... As I said, I don't believe anybody will play all three games that's a veteran. We may still be looking at some final pieces. Uh, injuries could uh, alter that plan, but in general, yes. Um, I think the last two, three days of practice with our, you know, with you know, one main group for the most part, yesterday was a little different day, will help us drill down on some of those things. Yep, the one group uh, now, and uh, they're zeroing in. I talked to a couple of players uh, after practice today, too, and they they're they're looking forward to it. It's good to have the the kids around, uh, the prospects, and being able to do some mentoring uh, along that way, and watching players come up and try to challenge positions. But we're less than a week out from the start of the regular season. Players are are looking forward to a more traditional setup. Yeah, I I think that you know we're we're at that time right in terms of training camp, in terms of preseason, where you want to start 
really fine-tuning your details and getting ready for uh, the season opener, which is now in less than a week for the Vegas Golden Knights. So you are looking at it as two more preseason games. Let's get everybody up to speed, everything dialed in as best we can. Use these two games to our advantage as tune-ups and get into the regular season uh, with with something to prove to the hockey world. So I, I think that it's it's time to narrow it down as best you can and and have some dress rehearsals here. So the transition from the young lineup last night to a more veteran crew tomorrow in Salt Lake City, is Bruce Cassidy close to having his team? Here's the answer. Yeah, I think we have a good idea, Ghosh, to be honest with you. We certainly have competition for spots, but you're starting to see guys separate them from themselves from the pack, both good and bad. Some guys separated themselves in, the, in, in, in terms of they're not quite ready. Um, so, yes, I mean, for me, that... There's a lot of newness. If it was a lot of other years, you know what you have. But for me, they're still getting to know some of the players. We have a good idea. but So, yes, I think that'll be important for the guys, too. The esteemed David Gosher with that question. <laughs> he gets the, uh, the acknowledgement from the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's he say when you ask, ask a question? What? What do you say when you ask a question? I just answer say it. my name. What about Chapman? Does he say Chappie? No, not yet. In time. Not yet. In time. Yeah. No. It'll be Chappie. Chappie. I hope so. That'd be great. That would be the best. Well, Chappie, uh, there was a a conversation that we had earlier in hour number one regarding the Carlson, Amadio, and Howden line. Mm -hmm. And they put up some points last night and scored a couple of big goals, uh, including Mm -hmm. that uh, that Carlson goal to, to win it. Second of the preseason, love to see him uh, filling in that. Bruce Cassidy was asked about that line and the fact that he met with the three players after the skate today and what his message was to them. Well, I think what happens is, and, and Carly's been great. He's done whatever's asked of him. He's one of the elite 200-foot players you know, in the league. We're strong down the middle. So you get wingers like Howden and Amadio, right, I think that are tilted towards skill plays. And I thought last night at times between the Blues, they didn't manage the puck well for what's going to be asked of them going forward. And they made plays, and they both made nice plays on goals three and four. So we want them to have that element but understand that it can't be a turnover machine and knowing they're going to go right back out there and be on the power play. They're not those guys. Could, could, could How we go up if Riley Smith gets hurt? I think he'd go up there and help a line and add something. Same with Ammo with, if Phil were to get hurt. But right now, those guys aren't hurt and they're playing up there, so you need sometimes a different element of play. For example, in the second period, we just couldn't get anything going out of our end in the other end. If you could roll that Carly's line over and they bought into that, and then Nick's, all of a sudden the game, the ice tilts back to at least even, and now you get the game, you know, you're, you're back, you take a deep breath and you bend and don't break, and you need lines that are able to, to manage pucks to help you do that, and that's the message to them. They have to change their game a little bit for what the team needs um, and, and maybe play more of a north-south game at times when the game gets away from us. And... It will. It will at times. Skill guys get frustrated. They get checked well. And, you know, you need lines to sort of get you back on the rails. And that's how I'd like to use that line. Get us back on the rails. you got a centerman that knows how to do it and does it every, every time it goes over the boards. Now you have to, wingers, a little bit to sort of change how, 
how they play a little bit. Value puck battles a little more on the walls. Value the chip and chase forecheck structure maybe more than the attack. That was Bruce Cassidy uh, talking specifically about the third line of, of Brett Howden, Michael Amadio, and William Carlson. And, you know, the thing for me that you're you're hearing from Bruce Cassidy there is is just an understanding in, in, in a way in which he's expecting that line to play. And, we you know, we've had a conversation with with Darren and yesterday on yesterday's show kind of about what that what that line is going to be in terms of an identity and and you heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it where he wants them out there checking he wants that line to really go about their business in in trying to get themselves out of sticky situations and sometimes when you have players that are a little bit more offensively inclined he mentioned specifically Howden and Amadio in that spot uh, you've got guys that will play an east-west type of game because that's what their skill set will allow but you know you you look at kind of an an, an identity for that line I, I think it's pretty clear Bruce Cassidy wants Howden Amadio and Carlson to be a checking line to be a line that is comfortable in their own zone and comfortable winning those board battles to get the pucks back and go deep in the offensive zone and play there. So um, in terms of kind of understanding the the direction of where Bruce Cassidy is going to be with his line combinations, I think it's on pretty clear display. We're going to take a break. When we come back, one-timers on the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Oh, the gremlins uh, tried to keep me away, but they can't. Uh, I'll join you in the moment for this uh, half hour of the VGK Insider Show. I uh, want to tell you, that Gage Quinney, uh, who left last night's game after that hit against the Arizona Coyotes, uh, must feel a little bit better. I don't know the status after uh, failing to uh, return to the contest, but uh, the man that hit him, uh, Michael Corsoni, uh, was fine under the uh, CBA today, uh, two grand uh, for roughing last night. Uh, it was interesting. Quinney went down, and Corsoni got a hooking penalty. But it sure looked like two hands to the face uh, when when I look back at it. Uh, so uh, he uh, no no suspension, but uh, a fine that uh, justifies that uh, what we saw was correct. It was not a nice play. Uh, no, not a nice play. Uh, yes, it was uh, contact with the head. I don't understand why in the moment it was called a hook, but like that's neither here nor there. It was a penalty for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, on the surface, I don't look at it as a, a, a malicious play by any stretch, but uh, it was one that knocked Gage Quinney out. So good to see a little bit of supplemental discipline there. Well, that was somewhat malicious. I didn't like it at all. He you punched were, him you, in the face. Yeah. I mean, I it looked more like stick came up, arm came up. I. I Listen, I, I don't I don't think it was a suspension, but you know, I, I've been told multiple times that those types of plays happen by the other half of this program, so you know. Wow. Uh, that looked a lot like Lawless on Millard. In a bounce. Yeah, maybe down. that's why you're maybe maybe that's why you're having such strong issues about it. I don't yeah, know. PTSD. Okay. Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars 
still not signed, along with the likes of uh, Nick Hague, restricted free agent, and Darren Dreger saying today that a major shift might be needed in order to have Robertson in the lineup for the start of the regular season. Uh, they're more than a week off. Dallas kicking things off against the Nashville Prowlers. Uh, the, the runway, we touched on it on the Hague situation yesterday. Uh, it's rutted out here uh, as far as these players to be in the fold and playing by the time the uh, the regular season opener starts. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get the sense right that uh, I I just I don't feel like Jason Robertson's going to happen uh, anytime soon. Now, of course, that can change, and given the fact that I just said that right now, it probably will. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the sense that Jason Robertson's close. And, you know, as, as we kind of talked about yesterday with Nick Haig, like there seems to feel like there's a deadline for opening night. And we are, in my estimation, past it. By your accounts, Darren, we're closing in on it right now. So, um, you know, it, regardless of when a deal gets done or if a deal gets done between now and, you know, a week from today, like seems like – home opener season opener they're all out of, out the door right now for for nick Hague with the golden knights and, and i would argue jason robertson with the uh, dallas stars yeah a little bit different uh, the two situations leverage wise uh, vegas has a very accomplished back end uh, he would certainly be part of those six players uh, if he was available uh, for robertson you got you got a 40 goal score on a team with a couple of veterans that haven't played very well the last couple of years <laughs> and and new head coach, there's some urgency to to get him in the fold because he's such a big part of the offensive production of that team. So uh, if 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 Dallas struggles out of the gate offensively, in particular, uh, I would expect uh, perhaps a little bit more urgency from the hockey club side of things. I would too, especially when one of those veterans is going to have the highest actual salary in the league this year at $13 million for Tyler Sagan. Amazing, right? Unbelievable. Not if you're Jason, not if you're Jason Robertson. Very good. Not if good, you're good the point. Dallas Stars. Uh, great point on that. Uh, John Tavares uh, has not been ruled out of the season opener by the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are still hoping to have him in the lineup, although it will be it will be very tough and sounds like uh, even now, uh, looking at uh, a week out, uh, it will be a game time decision. But uh, they're not they're not saying he's not going to be there, which is good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's optimistic that he is going to be somewhat of a game time decision. But, you know, to me, with Toronto and specifically John Tavares, uh, kind of where he's at in his career, his age, all that. Um, like, what's the point of trying to rush back? Like, I get wanting to be in the season opener. I do, especially as the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, a team you've loved since you were uh, just a boy. Um, but I, I, I don't see the need to, to rush back into it or, or kind of push the timeline ahead. It's a long season. Um, you want the body to hold up, and I, I don't think the Leafs are going to be hurting for offense uh, with the likes of Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner playing offense and defense. I, I think that John Tavares can take his time. Uh, by the way, Austin Matthews, big tennis fan, and took mm. up the game big time this summer. Uh, one of his uh, passions, like he dove headfirst into it and uh, loves uh, loves learning about the game and, uh, and improving his game. And uh, I think tennis is making a bit of a comeback in the 
in the, in the world of recreational sports. I, I like tennis. I suck at it. I'm terrible um, at, at it, so I, I don't like that part of it. But I, I do like tennis. It's enjoyable to watch. Can you keep it inside the caged-in area? Like, not just get it over the net. Uh, that, that, that's, that's a little much to ask. But can you keep it in the, the coop there? I I don't know that I've ever hit a ball out of the uh, out of the arena, so to speak. But I, I'm really? sure I'm sure there's been a, a time or two where it's gotten pretty wild. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've hit lots uh, lots over that fence. And then you got to run around to the side and uh, no, no, no. forbid if you no. snuck into the uh, to the tennis court, then you got to hop that fence. No, listen, listen. If you hit it out of play, you're done. You're just going home. Game over. So I went past the tennis court the other day, and somebody had one of those uh, ball machines out there, uh-huh. and it looked like it was their own because it was a public tennis court. Like you got to yeah. be a real, real fan of the game to have your own ball machine, or they just you're better than everybody else, and and you're tired of beating them, that, that kind of thing. Chapman looks to me like he would be the guy to show up with the headband, the wrist sweatband. And his own ball machine, and just sit there training all day. <laughs> no, no wristbands, but I do rock the headband or the bandana when I play. But I don't, I don't like do the do rag thing. I tie it like a like it's a, a headband when I when I wow. wear the bandana. So yeah, yeah, you got me. And and uh, I actually played a little bit of tennis when I was younger. I wasn't very good at it, but I enjoyed playing. It was a lot of fun. It's it's really. I I think people don't understand how mental of a game tennis is like you're on an island by yourself like other sports you have a team right like if, if you're off you, you can hope someone else on your team is 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 having a great night in tennis if you're off you're going home your tournament's over you know what i don't get about tennis is you can't coach from the from the stands like you all these players have amazing coaches everybody's got amazing coaches but they're not allowed to be coached during the match but every other sport like biathlon the coaches are standing right beside the going up and uh, down the slope. They're allowed to coach. I'm picking a random sport because uh, of that. Uh, the, the skiers, the coaches are right there right before they go they, they go down. Why can't they, 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 they coach in 10? Can you imagine hockey without coaches being able to, to guide them? Hmm. I'd actually like to see that because I think it would be chaos, it would be fun, and there'd be a lot of goals scored. So, um, yeah, I, it, it, would be, it would be interesting. Hmm. Wonder how much scoring, more scoring there would be without coaches on the bench, like any coach. If the players were just running their own, you probably get a Reg Dunlop type situation where you have uh, a a player coach. But how much more scoring or defensive breakdowns do you think there would be? I, I feel like it should be a lot. Right, because you're you're having to coordinate line changes, and you're you're kind of relying only on communication with one another, and you're not necessarily relying on on the coaches to kind of let you know when you're up, you've got this guy, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like you'd see a lot more mistakes when it comes to line changes, and we you know we saw last night you you have a bad line change, it's real quick up the ice in the back of your net if if a team's paying attention there. So um, I mean I I don't know like how much. How much goal scoring increase do you need in order to justify it, I guess, is the better question. Like, if you're talking about one or two extra goals per game, is that enough 
um, of, of, a, of an increase to kind of a justify that being a part of your game? Or would it need to be like three, four, five goals difference on a game-to-game basis? I, I don't know. I've told you before that I have way too many friends who are assistant coaches in the National Hockey League, so I'm never going to campaign uh, against them uh, being on that yep. bench and, and working the deal. But uh, on the subject of no assistant coaches or any coach being on the bench, uh, it would be spectacular simply for the feuds that would develop. You might have more fights among <laughs> players on the same team who uh, than the opposition because players are like, I'm up. No, you're not. Yeah, we need a goal. we got to stop this. So I'm trimming the bench. I'm cutting the, uh, the the third line out of this or the fourth line out of this. And uh, and then there's all kinds of uh, of madness. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Must-see TV, be, be. absolute chaos. Yep. <laughs> uh, Rick Bonus uh, quoted as saying, shifts are too long in Winnipeg. <laughs> and uh, got to get the, the veterans in line. Now, this is uh, a couple weeks after Blake Wheeler was uh, talked into or was told he was going to uh, not be the Jets' captain anymore. Mm-hmm. Is, is Rick Bonus going to be like the, the guy that's going to pull this whole veteran group? Uh, and, and has he been tasked into just bringing them in the line? Sounds like it. It, it does sound like it. The The question's going to become how receptive that former leadership group in terms of Wheeler and the veteran-heavy presence that you have with Wheeler and Shifley. It, it really depends on how much they buy into it, right? Uh, early return so far in the preseason are, is that they're not really buying into it that well. So um, time will tell, but I, I don't know that I would – I don't expect very much this year from the Winnipeg Jets. I know you're you're a little bit higher on them than I am. But, uh, it, it, it could either go really well and Rick Bonus can get through to the veteran guys, or it'll it'll be um, catastrophic and and again chaos and much must see TV. So who has a better win. season this year, Calgary or Florida? <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a really tough question. I, I think that Calgary has the ability to have a better season because they're not in a division with the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's my cop-out answer. We lose him again, Chapman? It sounds like it seems that, Is that way. Is a thing that happened? I, I oh, think I'm so. here. I'm oh, here. I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here. Where, where did uh, you go? Yeah. What, are, what are you doing? Taking a, taking a break? I'm telling you, there's some gremlins going around. They, they can't keep me down, though. Uh, they were in the same division as Tampa Bay last year. They still were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But trophy, so. they, they, were a better, they were a better team last year, I would argue. But that's All right. Me. Who has a better season, Matthew Kachuk or Jonathan Huberto? <laughs> I'll I'll go Matthew Kachuk because you all know how I feel about Jonathan Huberdeau. Yeah, define a better season. More points. <sighs> I think Huberdeau. I, I I like Huberdeau. Yeah, I listen, I think I think Jonathan Huberdeau probably finishes the year with more points than Matthew Kachuk. I think Matthew Kachuk has more goals um yeah. and and would be a more important player, but that's that's how I'd define it. Florida, I'm asking this question because I had uh, Huberto and 
Magic and Chuck on the Chirp podcast this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Not at the same time. I interviewed yeah, that'd be weird. That, yeah. that, that would have been really good. I actually tried for that, and uh, that, got, hmm. that got squashed. Uh, but uh, but I had them back to back and talking about different things and expectations and and, and they both really impressively bought into their new surroundings. No no, Kachuk of course he was <laughs> traded. He, he wanted out and and yeah. wanted to go to to Florida. Uh, he's got this uh, this matte black, just totally souped up golf cart that he was telling me about. Like it just rocks for the sounds of it. Uh, and we played a little contest about. Uh, if if I could be uh, if I'm as tight with Kachuk as I think I am, uh, you have to listen to the podcast to see how that turned out. But uh, Keith Kachuk and I are, are really good buddies. But Huberto, like Huberto, loves Calgary. He he got the new contract, but uh, signing this quickly uh, that's that's impressive by me. I, I I like what Calgary was able to to do there. The, the long term contract to to Kadri makes me cringe a little bit. Or worry a little bit, but uh, I I think with Tyler Toffoli, if he plays with Tyler Toffoli, uh, like a pure shooter, a goal scorer, Toffoli could score forty five this year, guys. With with Huberto setting them up. Yeah, I I yeah, you're you're not wrong. I I think that there's certainly an opportunity there, but uh, yeah, I, I I've I've talked about Calgary. And kind of where I, I view them in the lens of the Pacific Division, um, I think they're going to be a good team. I think it's going to, you know, be an adjustment period to start the year. But I, I do think by the end of it, they, they've got enough pieces. They're going to be a good team here in the Pacific. Uh, they uh, have set up themselves uh, for a go for it now mode. Uh, Vegas is trying to win now mode, certainly, uh, and uh, we know what Edmonton's uh, going for in the in the Pacific uh, Division. Uh, is LA going to be as good? Uh, what's Vancouver going to be? I've, I've watched a few Vancouver games this preseason. Uh, a little concerned about that back end and whether it can compete uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, but uh, I, I think Calgary is going to be more effective uh, than we're used to under Daryl Sutter's group uh, with scoring. One thing that did come up with both guys uh, was the Calgary Stampede. Like Huberto, even though he was just traded to uh, to Calgary, he's been to the Stampede before, and we know Matthew's been to the Stampede uh, because he's he played there and he's been around. Have you guys ever been to the Calgary Stampede? No. I have not, no. No? Would you guys like to go? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that uh, I set you guys up with a phone number and a couple places to stay. And, uh, and make sure you guys enjoy it because it's one of the great parties of the world. I love the strip, uh, absolutely. But uh, the, the Calgary Stampede is something that everybody should experience at least once in their life. All right, I'm on board. Sounds great. Can you imagine Chapman on a mechanical bull? Um, I can imagine Chapman saying that we need to break. No? Is, is, is that just because he wants off the air? No, no, it's because talk- we have to break. Okay. I just thought maybe we could talk about mechanical bulls. Uh, those are one-timers for this Wednesday, October noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'll make it quick today, guys. So 
You were talking last segment about about the possibility of a player manager. We almost got that in the Premier League. Uh, Graham Potter, who was the manager at Brighton, he left for Chelsea, and they anointed a player to be the interim manager while they went on this search for a, a, a new manager. But because the Queen died and they, they postponed a bunch of games in England, it never actually happened. So Adam Lallana would have been a player manager for Brighton had the Queen not passed away. So uh, it would have happened in the Premier League. And it, I, I don't know if it would have been the first, but it would have been really cool to see. wonder if he would have started. I hope so. I would have started myself. I apologize for going long in that last segment. It's all good. I do, I do apologize. And I'm sorry for muting myself with my cheek on the phone. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, man. All right. See you later.